Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan. What's up, buddy? What's happening? We are here, uh, just the two of us. James J is out and about living his life, uh, living his best life. Uh, and yeah. luckily for us, potentially, and you as the listener, we don't have, uh, <laughs> we know what JJ is going to say. He's, he's going to say this coaching staff, this coaching staff, this coaching uh, yeah. staff. <laughs> I want to say it too, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet. We'll say plenty of that, I'm sure. Uh, Patriots wrapped up the season this week after week 18, wind up with an 8-9 and nine record, uh, third losing record under Bill Belichick, the others being the first season in 2000, Cam Newton season in 2020. Uh, this one, they, they had a chance. I mean, honestly, right, right off the bat, kind of pleased with the way they played against the Bills. I'm, oh, yeah. The way that they played against the Bills the last two, three years has just been horrendous outside of being in a hurricane. Uh, so the fact that they, I mean, they, our offense outscored their offense 23 to 21 in this game. It did. We give up the two yep. big kick returns. Obviously that's disappointing, but I mean, complimentary football. You said it to me before the show started. You felt, you felt good about the way the offense and defense. Yeah. I don't think we've seen that all year. Really. It's probably the best example of both offense and defense playing well. Um, and I know you can you could judge the defense a little bit and say they let up 21 points, but that's still pretty decent against one of the better, you know, probably the arguably the best offense in the NFL. Um, special teams cost us, so it's it's one of these games where you kind of like you take solace in the fact that hey, this offense is finally like doing stuff. They got they scored 23 points, which is not good, but they move the ball really well um, and the best complimentary football you said it that we've played all season really where our offense and defense are are both playing well at the same time the kickoff returns uh there's been five kickoff returns in the NFL this year for a touchdown we've allowed three of them so <laughs> uh the Vikings game being the other one yes um so that's you know and then right before the game you suspend your punter for reasons kind of kind of unknown they're saying that they think he's ready, but he's got a back injury. So anytime you're dealing with a back, like there's things that will, I, I don't know if you've ever had a back problem. Like it doesn't necessarily show up on, oh, yeah. you know, an x-ray or whatever. You could have back pain. And I kind of side with, side with the player on, uh, when it comes to back pain. So they said they thought he was ready. He said, I'm not ready. And instead of kicking the ball out of the end zone that you get with Jake Bailey, you're kicking the ball to the five yard line and Naheem Hines is bringing two back. And the um, the way it started in this game, where Naheem Hines brings it back, you know, Bills are going crazy. The fans are going crazy. They're they're doing this for um, DeMar Hamlin, all that, all that stuff. And then the Patriots get the ball and go three and out, and you're thinking, oh, no. Oh, this could be, this could be ugly. Um, defense steps up, makes some plays. Dietrich Wise gets a sack. We get the ball. We, we drive... Um, I don't know, what was it, 79 or something like that yards? And a very few plays passing the ball well. Really good stuff from the passing game. Jacoby Myers gets in there with a the touchdown, whereas Toe just scrapes some pebbles up, and I'm thinking, okay. Incredible catch. Where, where's this been? You know? What did you uh, yeah. what did you make of the offense in this one? I thought it was much, much better. So much better. I, I, we were watching the, I think it was the dry, our last uh, drive of the first half before that, like, 15-second uh, yeah, and I, I was marveling at the play calls. I, I was like, well, first of all, most of the time I was yelling, do not throw a screen pass here. Do not <laughs> throw a screen pass. <laughs> yeah. And yep. then they're like, they're working the flats. They're working in the middle of the field. Hunter Henry fe felt like an integral part of the game. App, having Devontae Parker back felt like it opened up the entire offense. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. he made good catches, two touchdowns on the day, but then it felt like it also opened up other people as well. So mm -hmm. I, I thought the offense was really good. We, we really didn't run the ball very effectively. And that that's it was like I... chunk. Yeah. It was like chunk plays in the running game where like, exactly. You get stuffed and then Ramondre would break like an 18 yard that, that patient, that really patient um, run. That was, that's um, so good. That's so good. That, Even that drive had short. that Ramondre. You're talking about the second drive um, 
not the second drive. It was technically the third drive. Second touchdown. Right. So it went touchdown. Oh, wait, no. Punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown. The the second touchdown drive, we had hit, you know, Parker for for um, some good yardage. Uh, Bourne had two catches, one for 20, one for eight. Ramondre had that big run. And you're like, okay, you know, these play calls are nice. These are looking really good. Um, yep. God. And it's like, why did That's you wait? Stuff. Where was this all season? And and I'm also kind of like begrudgingly liking this drive because yeah. I don't want this fucking guy calling the plays back next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, if I we know. beat this team right now, does Matt Patricia come back? And we'll, we'll talk about that in the offseason. And I think we all know where we stand on that. We don't want him back, but at least in that capacity. So that drive was, was yeah. fantastic. And I, was that the one where... Um, uh, Parker was was open for a touch throw in the back of the end zone for that touchdown. He had two touchdowns in this game. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I felt really good about that. And you you highlighted the difference between the, the basically the, the way Buffalo's running game was working and the Patriots running game. The Patriots running game was like, I'm either getting zero yards or I'm getting 15. Mm-hmm. And the, the Bills running game was I'm getting four yards every single time. And yeah. Honestly, I mean, it's frustrating as a fan to watch your team give up four yards every single time they run the ball, but it works out. It really does. And that's kind of been a staple of Bill Belichick's defense going back to the three, four days. Four yards is on schedule. You know, that's that's three downs. You know, you you got a first down. You don't have to go for it on fourth. Um, The Patriots, you know, we have too many of those negative plays still where we get stuffed and it puts us behind the chains and then we're third and eight. Um, But there wasn't too much of that in this game there was some nice nice uh quick read pl- pass plays nice um nice blitz pickup by the running backs i thought the offensive line was much better against some really good competition i thought you know greg Rousseau is really good at oliver they got some really good players up front um Edmonds, they they're an effective team and i thought we did a pretty good job of keeping them out of you know as far as like downfield plays we were we were making plays and I thought their corners were okay there was one play in particular that kind of pissed me off we threw the ball to Aguilar um well on the left sideline and yeah yeah, and Aguilar just didn't really give much effort to fight the ball away and Tredavious White came down with the pick that was that was a pretty big one because we were moving the ball on that drive too right yeah we had 10 10 plays 60 yards on that he He thought it was terrible pass I thought yeah, it was a fifty-fifty yeah. pass. Um, you got it's got to be up and outside for a fifty-fifty pass, unless Aguilar's got inside leverage, which he didn't. I, w- I, I would that ball inside. So even so, I would have liked to see more fight there from Aguilar. Oh, when you definitely, see definitely when you see Devonte Parker, you throw that same pass to Devonte Parker. I would say at seventy-thirty, Parker's coming down with that. I don't care who the corner I know, is, right? you know. And I just I I'm so done with Aguilar. I can't wait for him him to be off this team. Uh, between that and like the the fumbleitis and the, and the the hands aren't good. It's like everything but the hands with this guy, you know. So mm-hmm. and that's been a, a common thing throughout his entire career. He's a free um, agent. Don't worry. He's Don't a free worry. agent, and he's dude. He's so much agent. money. So much money. Well, it's off the books. It's all been paid. I looked up the value. I think he's getting paid fourteen this year, yeah. and I looked up the over the cap value, the OTC value of him is two and a half million dollars. <laughs> so slight overpay there, I would say. Um, Very slight. Uh, we all knew it. We knew it when it yeah. happened. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the offense played pretty good. Defense played really good. I mean, we forced three punts in this game and it's always been the big talking point. How many, whoa, the Bills yeah, don't right. punt against the Patriots. We also got a, a takeaway, uh, three takeaways, I should say. Two, the yep. two fumbles. One of them was on special team. Also, the interception, Devin McCourty. I thought McCourty played a really good game. Uh, I yeah. was I was really happy for him. And that then, was the uh, that was the play where Judon kind of Judon and Barmore were in on Josh Allen with a lot of pressure. Judon kind of went at his legs, which is a dangerous it play. Was, it was borderline. It was borderline. I, right, I think he hit him in the it. thigh. I think he hit him in the thigh. I don't think it was below the knee. But he was, was falling down. It, it looked it looked like something that maybe you can see called sometimes. Um, Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, because it's dangerous, and you're trying to protect the quarterbacks, and that is one of the most dangerous plays for a quarterback, without a doubt. Um, everybody in New England knows that from 2008. Yeah. So we were, I mean, going. I, I had no confidence in this game. I don't know how many people did. 
tied at halftime, leading in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. In the third quarter, the Bills scored two touchdowns. The key in the in between those two touchdowns, Patriots had a possession, obviously. Good return. Get out to the 40-yard line. We get a first down. We're past midfield, and it totally stalls on, like, the Bills' 45-yard line. Have to punt. They The Bills then end up taking that for a touchdown and get a two-score lead. And it was right. really tough to come back from that. And it's just like, ah, it was such yeah. a good opportunity to even it up at that point. Even right. I guess we were only down four at that point, so could have t- yeah, just retaken to put a little lead more... or at least brought it back to one. Right, just to put a little more detail on that, the Pats came out of the third quarter, had a really nice drive. That's the one that Aguilar didn't fight for for the ball against Tredavious White. Um, Bills get the ball, and then the Pats force a fumble. I think it was Jonathan Jones or someone who knocked out the ball from the yep. running back. Uh, we ended up settling for a field goal there at 17-14. We have the lead against Buffalo in a really emotional game. I'm like, oh, great. What do we do the with the following yeah. following kickoff? <laughs> Touchdown. Uh, Buffalo. And then Pats go three and out. Bomb to John Brown. Great throw. Great throw. Uh, Josh Allen. Man, he has some really good throws in this game. Um, and then Pats get a fourth and one to Myers. We end up scoring there to uh, Devontae Parker. Took a deep ball away from Kyrie Elam. Get a touchdown. We'll go for two so we can make it 25 to 28. And we missed a two-point conversion on like a screen to the right. I think it was Ramondre. Was it Ramondre? It was a trips right, screen right. I to... remember that. Yes, it yeah. was to Ramondre. Yeah. Yeah, he got stuffed right away. Got stuff right. They read the shit out of it. Um, 28-23, the, the Bills get the ball back. Allen throws a ridiculous, ridiculous pass to um, Stephon Diggs, to Diggs. Wow. on the left sideline. He burns Jonathan Jones and 35-23, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, that was basically it. Um, all in all, I, th- I think it was it was a pretty good showing. I think the our special teams coordinator, Cam Accord, I wouldn't like to be him in his exit meeting. You got Joe Judge week. in the building, you know, like Joe Judge is right there. He's right like there. Like he's he's proven, he's good, he's done it for years. Uh yeah. clearly he's out of his depth in his current role. So just, mm-hmm. you know, slide him over. Slide there's no shame it's in an being easy a transition coordinator. There. Yeah. While you're still making head coach money on the side. Fucking goatee, you know? <laughs> that stupid fucking goatee, dude. Get out of town. It's like it's 1998 with this guy's fucking ridiculous. With like that that Brett Favre and something about Mary goatee. The special teams has We're been bad all back year. The references. Yep. It, it and, has uh, been. And outside of Marcus Jones. Outside of Mark, exactly. Outside Obviously. of Marcus and Jones. And Brandon Spooner, I, I thought has been tremendous. As schooler. A schooler. Schooler, excuse me. Schooler, yeah. Yeah, he's been terrific. Obviously, Slater's well, think, a steady hand. Well,. He's a steady hand, but I think I think when you listen to his press conference after this game and McCordy, um, I don't think either one of them are returning. The way I mean, they're, Matthew Slater's crying in his play, press conference, talking about how his dad always told him to play, and McCordy's saying in the press conference that him and Slater will keep in touch. Uh, I think that's pretty much red flags that at least one of those guys are retiring and. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Slater, one of the great special teams players of all time. One of the best gunners of all time. I would be surprised if he wasn't the best. Nine Pro Bowls for that guy. Yeah. And How many just all-pro teams? Probably like seven all-pro teams. I mean, probably all of the nine. Uh, he's yeah, he's... fucking... He does that job, and he did it He did it to perfection. He was one of the best ever. So to lose him, and, and I think to a bigger degree, losing if you lose him and McCourty, you lose so much leadership. Um, these are the guys that break down the team after every game. These are the guys that lead the defense and, and, and pump up the team before the game. Those are two, two huge losses from just a, uh, leadership aspect. No doubt. And I mean, you look through the, I'm looking through the, the roster right now in terms of guys that have won Super Bowls with this team. It's like oh, Jonathan Jones, David Andrews, John, Jonathan Jones is probably Jonathan Jones played really well this year. And he, he, he was did. way over his head. One of my number one things for the offseason, I got five of them and I can get into okay. We cannot cover number one receivers. We have the worst time covering number one receivers. And most of the time, Jonathan Jones was tasked with that, which I think, look, no, nobody really covers Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson well. Nobody mm-hmm. really does that. I mean, take Jair Alexander out of your head. Right. No, yeah. Second. Yeah, I understand. Uh, it's an extremely short list. And Jonathan Jones... I mean, 
he's not on that list. I love the guy to death. Absolutely love him to death. He led the led the team and forced fumbles this season. Uh, Auburn kid, obviously, I love him. Uh, it's it, it's too much to ask for his skill set at this point. So I think he he would be way 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 better off in a number two role, uh, a slot role where where he's got a lot of responsibility type thing. I think he'll get paid really well. He he really hasn't. I think he signed like a three year twenty one million dollar deal here where uh, it was, I felt really good about that deal when, when they were able to sign him to it. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was an undrafted free agent and they had, you know, restricted free agent leverage over his, his uh, free agency position where now he's probably in a spot in his career where look, he's a proven player. He's got, he's got a skill set that could play inside out and he's, this is his last chance to get a decent contract. So I think he's probably going to sign with somebody for like four years, 40, yeah. maybe four years, 50, somewhere in there. And we're he deserves it. He deserves it. Yeah, and he's definitely. been such a great servant to the team. Uh, he was thrust into this role this year where he's playing against these these number ones, especially this season. Oh, my God. Did we face so many number ones this season? Um, <clears throat> I thought he did. I thought he did an admirable job, you know, and he's been a slot corner for most of his career. I thought, you know. He's made some mistakes this year. Yeah, he's not perfect, but this isn't really what he's been through his career. You put him in a in a, in a tough role. Definitely, we need some help at corner. Uh, Jack Jones got suspended this week for not going to a rehab assignment, it sounds like, and then being late as well. Um, I've heard both those things. Um, so going forward, I mean, Miles Bryant, holy shit. Like, does he, he get picked? He, he gets picked on. Good, good college player, very middling. Uh, NFL player. I like Marcus Jones a lot. He's 5'8", you know, so... He fights. He fights he way fights. bigger than his size. He does. He plays bigger than his size. He's quick. He's got good hands. If you make a mistake, he'll make you pay, but he's 5'8". You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some of these guys he can't match up against, you know? You need you need even put him on T. Higgins because you know, you know, like... Yeah. So, going forward, Sean Wade's a bust. I'm sorry. Every time he gets in there, he's... We need help at corner. And... Jalen Mills being out these last few weeks has been brutal. I don't know if Jalen Mills can match up against number ones either, but he's definitely pretty solid. It's something they need to address in the offseason. I wouldn't really love if they used a first-round pick to address it because the offensive line is so bad, but there's some corners in this in this class. We'll get into that later. Um, yeah. And there's some there's some free agents. Um, but Well, now that we're talking about it, why don't I just give you real quick these five things? and uh, let you react to it. So we already went over, we can't cover, so these are all problems that we have. Okay. Uh, Can't cover number one receivers. I don't have solutions just yet. Maybe ask me in a month. Maybe I'll have some solutions. Can't cover number one receivers. That's a premium concern. That's a a number one. um, Yeah. That's one of the top five positions on the field. All right, keep going. Number two, we we can't impose our running game on offense. I just feel like we're, we're like middle tier at this point. And honestly, when you look at it, the stats, we finished 24th in the league in rushing offense, 21st in yards per attempt rushing the ball. This was supposed to be the strength of this offense. And it wasn't this year. So we need to be able to impose the running game. Number three, no power in the kicking game. Our punter sucks. I think Jake Bailey was probably hurt while he was playing earlier this year, which is why he was playing so bad. That's my hunch. I hope so. I honestly hope so. I hope that's why he was playing so bad. And I hate to say that, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Losing him in the kickoff game, losing the power in his punting game, and then Nick Folk uh, basically being unusable beyond 45 yards, it really limits what we can do. Yeah. Uh, Number four, our our quarterback's not comfortable with protection. We need to pass protect. That should probably be number one. I know. Well, um, I didn't order these. (laughs) This okay, is stream right. of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So I just wrote this. They're down all right. Over, all right. Over the I agree 100% so far. And then uh, the last one is we lack separation and imagination in the passing game on offense. That's a huge one. So whether or not it's the receivers that, that can't separate, I mean, we see some of them do it from time to time. Kendrick Bourne seems to be generating the most separation. separation. Jacoby Myers in second there. Uh, mm-hmm. But we talked about the spacing plenty of times this season. So it's, I don't know if it's a, a scheme thing or a player thing or both, but there's no separation there. I think Devonte Parker 
is a big factor in that because he doesn't need much separation to make catches. Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers is a free agent. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love Kendrick Bourne. Uh, I, he seems to be like he's going to be back, which I'm happy about. Um, but Jacoby Myers is going to get paid, I think, upwards of $10 million a year from the production he's had with this middling offense. If you put him with a quarterback that's that's or an offensive system that's competent, you're looking at a hundred catch guy, you know, like I think, I think he's got good hands. Um, he makes smart plays generally, except for that one play. Um, but I agree with you in the <laughs> except special... for that one play. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't want to get into it too deeply there. Uh, yeah, man. So I, for, the special for reference, teams, Hunter Renfro makes, uh, he signed a two year, $33 million contract. Hunter Renfro who can't hang on to the ball. Hunter Renfro's younger but than him, though. He's quite, he's very quite a bit younger, player. right? Similar, yeah. Um, very similar player, I would say. I would be surprised. I would like Jacoby to be back, but I don't know that we're going to do it. Um, especially since we still need kind of a number one option there. And I don't know how you address that, because there's no number one options in the free agent class. And if you want a number one option in in the draft, you're going to have to take him I mean, there's been reports that Quentin, I mean, there's been a lot of mock drafts where I've seen like Jordan Addison from USC, who I I love, um, or Quentin Johnston uh, from TCU. That's a number one. Quentin Johnston from TCU is a number one. And then um, who's the other kid? I'm blanking a little bit. Oh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, JSN from uh, Ohio State. He got hurt this year, but he, when he was healthy, he's a fucking stud. Those Ohio I watched State... the Rose Bowl last year, and yeah. I, I couldn't get my jaw off the floor. That dude had three. Isn't it crazy when you watch Ohio Bowl. State? Like, I know I'm sidetracking a little bit here, but I'm watching Ohio State now, and um, I hate Ohio State. They have the best receiver. Uh, they have Julian oh, yeah. Fleming, who was like the number one prospect in the country coming out of high school. They don't even use him. They use Marvin Harrison's kid, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's nothing like Harrison. his dad. He's, He's nothing like his dad. He's six well, he's six tall. four. He's nothing like his dad. He's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy the talent they got over there. And Jameson yeah. Williams didn't even make the team. He had to eat the well. He made the team, but he, he was like deep on the depth chart. He had to transfer to Alabama. Had to transfer out. Yeah, Fucking, it's wild. Yeah. So it sounds like I mean, offensive line. We need the running game. To, offensive line. We need the pass protection to be better. Uh, wide receiver. We need separation. Cornerback. We need coverage. And then we need to improve our kicking. The special teams thing, I think, is the, is the biggest thing you touched on there. Like, it's not the biggest thing, but it's an important thing. Um, to not have a kicker that can kick over 50 yards with an offense that can't get the ball down the field is a huge detriment. And it, it's not nothing against Nick Folk. I like what he does. It's just you got to have a big leg there. You know, that's for this team. This team needs a big leg. Uh, maybe Quinn Norton is that. He's still under contract. Um Maybe that's the guy. I don't know. Punting, we need Jake Bailey back. Matt Pilardi is not it. <laughs> He's not it. I mean, that's been not atrocious. Uh, Schooler, I like what I've seen as a gunner. We need another gunner because I think Matt Slater's gone. And the biggest things I think you touched on there were offensive scheme. We got to assess this and 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 get some kind of plan that works for the quarterback as well. Uh, protection, Cole Strange needs to get stronger. He needs to get stronger. He's got everything but strength. And that's a huge thing for a guard. You know, guys are running over him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. And and we're going to be talking about that way more going into the offseason uh, as we get into some of the more contemplative times in the NFL schedule. But oh, we're going to you know, we're going to dig day, deep. I'm going to dig deep gonna dig into deep. this one. Yeah. Especially right. since we have the pick number 14, which is the highest I can remember in a, a while. It's the highest pick we've had of our, our own selection since Richard Seymour. Where was Ty Warren picked? Was he... Ty Warren, we traded up to get Ty Warren, and I think we got him at 13. Okay. Yes, right. we traded up in uh, 2003 to what get him. player he was. Oh, my God. What... I got a Ty Warren jersey hanging in my closet. Do you? Right oh, that's fucking awesome. That I do. <laughs> A&M? A&M? A&M. 6'5", yeah. three bills. Yeah, he was... You know what, player. dude? I We talked about that um, Christian Kirk on the last pod, and I thought he went to... El- I always get the crimson colors... Alabama and Texas A&M, I'm always messing up. I don't know why. I I yeah. watch the teams. I still mess it up. Yeah, they're in the same conference now, too. Um, okay, so Patriots end the season 8-9. and nine. We could do uh, a, another autopsy next week when, when JJ gets back here in the pod. 
We should probably was... touch on the Tom Curran report as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Hit hit me with that. Oh Jesus, I just I just blanked it out. So his, I guess he he was talking about the. I talked about the exit interview for Cam Accord, the special teams coordinator. The same type of thing happens all the way up the chain. So Bill Belichick has one of those meetings with right. Bob Kraft. I got it. And Bob Kraft's sitting there at eighty-two years old, something like that, still mm-hmm. hands-on, still integral to the way this organization functions. And uh, it sounds like Tom Curran has some inside insight. Kind of, yeah. I mean, he does the reporting. Um, the meeting, I am told, I'm, I'm quoting Tom Curran, and I am a fan of Tom Curran. I like him. He's very real. He's, he's a realist. The meeting, I am told, has happened between Kraft and Belichick. There is no impasse, which means kind of Shula, Belichick, or Shula, um, Heisenga kind of thing. Like, you know, Heisenga tells Shula, you need to replace this coach. Um, Shula says, fuck you. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. Um, so that's kind of what that's referring to. The Pats are on to 2023 with Belichick acknowledging 2022 wasn't ideal and being amendable to changes. So don't expect a dog and pony show announcing firings or who's coming in for an interview. Belichick isn't going to put anyone's head on the spike for the pleasure of the masses. But my understanding is offensive coaching reassignments are going to happen and several offensive coaches are under consideration for the Pats 2023 staff. So the way I'm taking that is they're going to move pieces instead of firing them. Um, yeah. Judge, Patricia, they're going to move them into different roles of some kind. Gerard Mayo is already being considered for defensive coordinator for, for the Browns, um, which I think is a little bit lowball for him. I think he could probably be a head coach. Um, Steve Belichick or Matt Patricia would probably take over for the defensive coordinator and maybe Joe Judge goes into special teams, which would be our hope, I think. Um, and then they look outside for an offensive coordinator or maybe Nick Kelly. Um, so there's something going on there. And I've heard rumors about Bill O'Brien and Cliff Kingsbury, who just got fired from the Cardinals to come in and be the offensive coordinator, but we still need a quarterback coach. I think that's most important right now and an offensive line coach. Uh, and I've heard rumors about, um, what's his name? The kid who went to, Oklahoma State, Zach Robinson, who who coaches for the, oh, yeah. the Los Angeles we, Rams, we brought in right. He's there. He Los, he's a Los Angeles Rams quarterback coach right now. Uh, he has been, I think, for the last two years. Good coach. I, w- I would like to see him come in as a quarterbacks coach. I don't know if we can get that, but uh, Sean McVay is thirty six years old and he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And he's saying <laughs> to his assistant coaches. Um, Now's the time to run. Now's the time to to to, to browse and see, and see what you can get. And thirty six years old to not want to be part of a rebuild. Who the fuck 36 are you? Thirty six years old. Well, he's got a Super Bowl. He's made how many millions of dollars, and he could make twice that to work a tenth as much on TV. I mean, that's a that's a baller position to take. You know, incredible position to be in at thirty six, dude. I'm I'm yeah. almost thirty nine. I yeah. I can't even. <laughs> I know thirty six year old me would be like you know. I'll take He's it. an absolute beast. Yeah. I mean, anything that'll get Kirk Herbstreet off of Thursday Night Football, I'm happy. I can't listen to that guy do Kirk NFL Kirk. games. Fantastic. Fantastic. So good. Games. You know what I like about him during during the games, though? He always talks about college. He always talks about how they were in college. And that's like... Well, that's all he knows. That's why he's yeah. talking about it. He's like, oh, I, I saw this guy in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- that, that would be terrific. I think the offensive line coach is, is imperative. There's just... There's too much talent available on this offensive line to be performing the way they are. And to go from it from one year to the next and look this bad right? Uh, in comparison to the way they've looked in previous years with virtually the same players. The same players, right. Is, and it's, uh, it's embarrassing. It's frustrating. So I, I, I think, that's, that's I think the word one. is frustrating. Like, you know these guys have some level of talent and can play. Why aren't they playing? Why aren't, why aren't they performing? Trent Brown looked like a shadow of himself this year. I think he's a, I think he's a right tackle, a natural made right tackle. I don't think he has the feet to play left tackle, but maybe anymore, uh, anymore because there there is film out there from 2018 of him playing left tackle and looking outstanding. But right, he, but was he in just doesn't seem engaged. He didn't seem he didn't engaged, seem engaged like he was in years past. And That's you're losing Isaiah Wynn. You're losing Isaiah oh, Wynn yeah. for sure. There's no way you're paying him that picking up. That's the other big thing is the end of this season, this next season, the 2023 season, the Patriots need to make a decision on Mac Jones whether they're picking up his fifth-year option. The fourth year is guaranteed. 
So when you draft someone in the first round, you get a fifth year option and you get four years of the player, but you can't pick up that option in the fourth year of that player. You have to pick it up at the end. The end of the third year is the last right. point you could pick it up. So this is make or break year for Mac Jones. Um, Which as is far as being with the Patriots. a good offensive staff around him to really know because you need to find out because right you now need to we find have out one good we have one good year one bad year right you go i i don't know i don't know um, you can't say i don't know after this year you need to know you need to know yeah that's the point so that's maybe that's the num. that's the first thing that's the first thing you put into place some of the other things can be improved in free agency in the draft you know we got 45 million dollars in cap space we have a, a couple notable free agents you know we talked about jacoby and Aguilar, johnny jones isaiah Wynn, damian harris uh, Devin McCourty, uh, Jabril Peppers. So it's not as bad as it's been in previous seasons. And some of those, I, I didn't even mention Slater there because honestly, I think Slater's yeah. going to retire. Of those guys you named, but, I would like to see Damian Harris back. And I would like to see, uh, I would like to see Julius Peppers back, even though I feel like he's a little bit injury prone and he's, like I don't like him on Julius special Peppers teams. Too, I think but he, he's made a lot Jabril of Jabril Peppers on... would be good to have. Yeah. I think he's, you said, you said Julius, it's Jabril. Did I say Julius? Well, naturally, Dude, you. I mean, not yeah. not. but no, I, I do think um, Jabril Peppers has a lot to offer on defense. I don't think special. He's made way too many mis- mistakes on special teams this year. Um, I thought he played a lot better than Adrian Phillips on defense. Honestly, Adrian Phillips was a sh- a shadow of what we saw last yeah, year. I think he fell off the. So the way I would like to see the the secondary in terms of safety position, I want Jalen Mills to take the the free safety role that Devin McCourty's been playing. And I want Duggar, obviously, to be featured. And then I want Peppers to be the Phillips. That's the way I'd like to see it. And then, you know, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, and then hopefully we get two other backs. Right. And I'd like to figure out some kind of extension for uh, for Uche. Oh, God, a little yeah. bit, I know it's a little bit, uh, we're not talking about secondary there, but it's, it's a big year for him. And this is last year under contract, and he he's, is a stud. He's not going to sign anything that's not real good money because he is hot as can be right now. He's worth good money because you're. He's worth money. Judon's on the other side of thirty. Um, you've got to come up with something here with with uh, Uche because he's a pass rusher and those guys are premium premium uh, positions. Yeah, uh, I will point out our multi year summary looks pretty damn good. We've got upwards of ninety million dollars in cap space to. I thought it stands. was sixty. If if McCourty doesn't return this next year, I think it's like goes up to like fifty four or sixty three or something like that because he's a nine million million dollar cap hit. Um, you still got to pay so, that if he retires. They had Patrick Chung on the books for two years after he retired. Does it count against the cap in the same way? No. Not it gets yeah. spread out. Depends on when he retires, but it might get spread out over. Look at us geeking out big time, dude! I love. Let's it. talk about. I love it. Let's talk about some of these other Week Eighteen games. Uh, okay. So. Um, you know, you're going into the playoffs. I was all geared up. I was like, this is going to be great. And then I started looking at the matchups and I was like, ah, there's not that much on the line. In like The way they games. did the schedule too was like the games on Saturday, you would almost know who can't make the playoffs on Sunday. I thought that was kind of stupid. Um, like the Lions went into the game against the Packers knowing they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs. But played the Lions came out and played their fucking asses off to, to spite Aaron Rodgers and the Lions fans take that as a playoff win. That's their playoff win. We kept Aaron Rodgers from making the playoffs. They're so happy. They're so happy. And then uh, I'm happy for them. I I think that's, and and especially for that coach there, I think that's a huge boon in his, uh, a feather in his cap to get those guys to play like that when there's nothing to play for. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I should point out earlier in the season, I was thinking Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator was probably going to get axed. He, he mm-hmm. turned that ship around. He figured some stuff out on that defense, really unlocked Aiden Hutchinson the second half of the season. And uh, he really he looks really good. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some head coaching looks this offseason yeah. after that turnaround. Uh, some of the other games, Tom Brady, first losing season as a starting quarterback. I was God did love you, I don't know if you, if you saw him. He was on the sideline in the first half when he got taken out of the game. And he was so locked in. He was laser focused in his words. Uh, as as he used uh, in uh, the Super Bowl against the Falcons. But he was, oh my God, I think he wanted that game so bad. He did not want to come out one. Yeah, they ended up losing that one thirty to 17 to the Falcons. Um, 
but they have the way the Cowboys are playing. They match up against the Cowboys in, in the first round, by the way. Uh, the way the the way the Cowboys are playing, and you let Tom Brady sneak into the playoffs. That's right. like vintage Tom Brady, and I'm sorry. Um, maybe I should put money on that game because I know <laughs> I, I the Cowboys lost twenty six to six against the Commanders, and they played and, their and players. Last, yeah, they played and they their played guys. their players, and and they looked terrible against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. And like I'm just saying, playoff Tom Brady is no stranger to me, and it's it's not the same. It's not the same yeah, player. You know, that's a scary guy to see in yeah. round one on the road. So both the Cowboys and the Eagles had tough showings this week. Giants didn't play anybody and the Eagles struggled with them, even with their full starters going there. So both of those NFC East teams are limping into the playoffs. Uh, the Jaguars beat the Titans on Saturday night football in a close game. Um, Titans obviously playing with a quarterback who hadn't been there for like more than a month. And, uh, they, they ended up falling out of the playoffs way, way too injured. Really an outclass team in terms of talent. Jaguars sneak in. They're going to play the Chargers next week. Jets lose to the Dolphins in a game of backup quarterbacks where I was just willing the Jets to win, mostly because I wanted to see the Steelers in the playoffs over the Dolphins uh, with their backup quarterback situation. And then one of, one of the surprising yeah. games, Houston, the Houston Texans. Yeah, I love it. I, I fucking love it, dude. Yeah, the Colts out tank everybody all the time. They do this all. The, they did it to get Andrew Luck. They did it to get Peyton Manning. They did it uh, just this year with hiring some guy from TV to be their head coach, and then they go right in the toilet. I mean, the, the Texans. It's so funny to be two. talking about the Texans. <laughs> we're talking about the Texans in Week 18 here, and they're three thirteen and one. And I love that. I fucking love that. Because I feel they fired like their coach, like on the they, field, I feel like, like Lovey Lovey Smith must have told that team, "I'm I'm not going out like this. Like I'm not playing for the fucking pick. It, 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 I'm not playing for the number one pick. I'm not here for the number one pick. If you want to go out there and play your asses off, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just he went, cost that team the number one pick by doing yeah, he that. He goes fuck upstairs. I'll put my head on a platter for the GM to, to cut me down. I, and he oh. Oh man, I fucking love it. It gives me chills, man. I'm like, dude, fuck that. <laughs> you know, uh, beat the, beat the Colts 32, 31. That's my, that's like one of my favorite outside Patriots wins this season. Um, and yeah, not the, that I think that they, they really cost them much because I think they want to take a quarterback. Um, sounds like they want to take a quarterback and the bears have the number one pick now. And the bears that, that kick the shit out of us, they have the number one mm-hmm. pick. Um, legitimately. So I think the bears don't need a quarterback. I think they love Justin Fields. He's been, he's a thousand yard rusher. Justin Fields. He's got 1100 yards rushing. He's like seventh yeah. in the NFL in rushing. Isn't it's like that the crazy? third time it's a quarterback's ever done that. It might yeah. be the most of a quarterback ever. I, I, I have to look at that stat. Yeah. I mean, so the bears to be lose seventh to the, the NFL rushing. It it, I, I want to say seventh in the NFL rushing for a quarterback has to be and miss miss how many games? How many games did he miss? I mean, he's a fourteen yard know, rusher if he doesn't miss games. He he runs for like fifty yard runs when he runs. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I will I'll put a flag in the ground saying that I don't think you could win playoff games with Justin Fields as your quarterback. I also don't think that you can spend the number one overall pick uh, on a quarterback when you have Justin Fields in year three. It's weird because he wasn't he wasn't this quarterback until recently. Like I know he had good feet in college. And and in high school, but he was always a passer. Like he passed the shit out of the ball. I mean, look at Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba's year two years ago, and some of these guys. When he's had weapons in in high school and college, he's been able to throw the ball. When he's had and time, and protection and protection. The Bears' offensive right. line is among the worst in the end. And you have to think that that's not going to affect the Texans too much because. I mean, Will Anderson's perfect for the Bears, isn't he? And like, God, I thought Roquan Smith like, was perfect for them too. I did, yeah, I did too. But I just, I, I think and they he didn't just got pay paid him. up the wazoo. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, think they wanted to set pay the record. Him. I think that's why they got rid of him, you know. And they got something for it too, so good on them because they weren't going to pay him. Uh, and then they gave it right away for Chase Chase Claypool. <laughs> uh, the, so the, the Bryce Young game. sweepstakes. I think the the Texans still win the Bryce Young sweepstakes. I, I would imagine, even though he's small and. CJ Stroud's not my cup of tea, but uh, I thought he played pretty well in the, in the semifinal game, and we'll get into all that stuff 
down the road, I think. But yeah, definitely. you mentioned uh, the Steelers sneaking in as well. Steelers. Steelers went on a run at the end of the season. They they wind up with a winning record. Uh, Mike Tomlin keeps his streak alive. Like Good coach. 14 seasons, 15 seasons, winning record. I'm shocked by him. that. When I saw them early in the season, I thought they were one of the worst teams in football. I really did. Yeah. Um, to go to to start two and six and then finish seven and two, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. Even with tiny two gloves over there, smallest hands in in the NFL for quarterback. <laughs> Dude, I, I want to say something, but I can't. I don't think it's right for the podcast. But <laughs> no, um, probably not. Probably not. Keep it. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it maybe after. Uh, yeah, he's playing well, man. Did you see the Seattle and the Rams game? Yeah, went went into overtime. Seattle tried to give it away a couple times. Rams couldn't couldn't ultimately come away with it at the end. Baker Mayfield is, is extremely in what he's able to do. Threw behind receivers. Van Jefferson, I'm surprised, didn't throw a fit Justin Jefferson style on the yeah. field. Um, Seattle got, I must say, many calls. Every single call in the fourth quarter in overtime went Seattle's way. Uh, so they, they were able to pull that out. They go into a, re- a snoozer of a wild card game against the Niners next week. Boy, yeah, you got to uh, imagine. I might nap through that entire thing. Yeah. Can can Brock Purdy keep this up in the playoffs? What I like about Brock Purdy is he lets the, the players, he lets his weapons do the job for him. You know what I mean? He doesn't do anything overcomplicated. He just makes it easy. And they've made it. They I feel like they've simplified that offense a little bit. They kicked the shit out of Arizona this week. Um, 38-13. I like Brock Purdy. I did not see this coming, though. I, you know, was he was he Purdue? I feel like he was no, Purdue he was kid. I, Iowa State. He does Iowa look State. like a Purdue quarterback. He Iowa does State. look like a Purdue kid, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, so this weekend we got six wild card matchups. Uh, I got them in front of me right here. Seattle, San Fran. We mentioned the Chargers going to Jacksonville Saturday night. Then on on Sunday we got oh, Miami, we... Buffalo, Giants, Minnesota. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Monday night, Dallas, Tampa Bay. Of those six games, if you could only watch one of them, which one are you two? You already mentioned Brady and Dallas. I mean, that that's a good one. The Giants going to Minnesota. Minnesota plays close games. The Giants play close games. That's going to be tight. Baltimore, I Cincinnati, think, that's divisional. The Chargers in Jacksonville. It's got I think the Chargers drama. in Jacksonville. I think the Chargers in Jacksonville is going to be the tightest game. And I say that knowing, all right, first of all, what the fuck were the Chargers doing last week? Playing they everybody played, for no reason. They played everybody for no good reason. What do you? I, I don't understand that. And then guess what? Mike Williams gets injured badly, badly. You're gonna. You, there's no way he's playing. He's still not practicing. I think the Jaguars are gonna beat them. They're in Jacksonville. I think it's a good game. I think that's two of the quarterbacks that are like the future of the league. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think he's shown enough this year to be considered like a top top echelon quarterback, and Justin Herbert certainly is that. But without the weapons there for for Justin Herbert, I think it's it's going to be tight. It's going to be really tight. I like that game a that lot. Teams, that team is totally different offensively without Mike Williams. That was, I mean, for a team that was injured so much this season to then put your guys out there in harm's way for no exactly no gain. They played Eckler the whole game. It was like, what are you Herbert guys was playing doing, like the man? fourth quarter. Yeah, how is that? Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand the thought process there. You know, I've I've taken gambles on, on this team in the past, and they're going to shoot themselves in the foot every chance they get. That's what they've been doing the last. This whole Brandon Staley regime has been like, we're going to fucking roll the dice on everything, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I got to take Dallas, Tampa, for watching reasons. I, I think Tampa's going to be down 10 to 11 points in the fourth quarter. And you're just going to be looking at Tom Brady going, can he do it? Can he do it again? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, even if they're down like 17 points in the quarter, you're still thinking it. You're still thinking there's, I, there's, there's, there's still no point in time. There's no point in time in the playoffs where I could watch Tom Brady and be like, he doesn't have the advantage, you know? And I know that team is, has been struggling so much this year. But I'm looking across the field, and I'm like, the Cowboys have been struggling even worse. The Cowboys have a great record. Have a great, what is it like, twelve and five? Twelve. That's twelve and five. Yeah. Twelve and five. Guess what? They're at Tampa Bay. That's eight and nine. Tampa Bay has home <laughs> field for winning that fucking division. You know. So I, I'm taking the Bucks, man. I would. I I would know what what you know what the line is on that. I think it might be. Last I looked, is it even? Wow, that's sad. I think the 
Jacksonville Chargers line is easy. Dallas might hmm. even be given some points to take at yeah. this point. These are all good games. I, I feel like most of these are good games. Um, except for Miami, the Seahawks Buffalo Niners. Is not. Miami Buffalo. If you had Tua in that game, yeah. a, a team that, that beat Buffalo previously in the season, that's a different story. But but we know. gave them a run. We gave them a run this past week. And if Bridgewater's back, maybe it's not as bad as we think. I don't think Skylar Thompson can do that, going to Buffalo and beat them. Um, yeah, that's probably the worst game of the week, though. I would say I would say Niners and Seahawks is the second worst game. Dolphins and Bills probably the worst game. Um, Chargers and Jaguars, Baltimore I think it's really... I think Chag- Char- Chargers and Jaguars is a tight game. Yep. And I think the Buccaneers will beat the Cowboys. And I, I would love to put money on that. Um, Bengals and Ravens. I think we've seen enough from the Bengals. And, and by the way, the Bengals beat the Ravens last week. But the Ravens played a bunch of third string, second string guys. They need, they need their quarterbacks back. They need Huntley back. Lamar Jackson still hasn't practiced. He hasn't practiced since December 4th. I think that's 26... I want to say 26 straight practices that he's missed. Wow. Jeez. So so Lamar Jackson's not going to play. I would say the Bengals should win that game pretty handily with Burrow. And, I mean, they've, they've been getting healthy, too. That, that might be in the discussion of worse games because I think the Bengals at home should, should pretty much handle them, even though they're divisional opponents. They know each other really well. The Vikings and Giants. We saw it a few weeks ago. That's a, That was a tight, tight game. I think that... It's funny to say this. I think either the Giants win by a lot or it's a one-score game. <laughs> it's a one-score game, and the Vikings win it because that's what they do, right? Like, they win the tight, tight game for some reason. Yeah, that's the like thing. They're undefeated this year in one-score games. Right. Cave, yeah. They got to get after Cousins. Kayvon Thibodeau, all those guys. Um, that's the Giants' key to success there, I would think. Have to. Have to. And just a correction, uh, Dallas is giving two and a half points. To Tampa Bay. Tampa, Tom Brady is a home underdog in the playoffs. Oh, I love it. That, can't imagine that's ever happened. Dog that man. Dog that man. <laughs> Tell him he sucks. Tell Tom Brady he sucks. See what happens. See what happens. Yeah. See what happens. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to go over this week? Uh, just one thing. The Belichick press conference to kind of sum up the season, he mentioned that the Patriots in aggregate and the Boston media ran away with this. They kind of made a big deal out of it. The Patriots are 27th in spending on players over the last three years, even though because the the reporter asked him, given that you you made an unprecedented uh, spending spree on free agents a couple years ago, um, you know, blah, blah, are you are you disappointed or or whatever? And and what you've seen as far as results, he said, well, if you look at it over the course of a three year aggregate like we do, we don't look at it in a snapshot. You know, we look at it kind of long term. We're 27th in spending, and I thought that kind of, and I think the Boston media thought this too. It kind of threw the ball into Robert Kraft's court a little bit, but at the same time, I'm thinking Bill Belichick is the one who makes these decisions as far as players. Did you hear that? And and what did you think of that? I I didn't hear that, and I wonder if he means cash payouts or if he means salary payouts, meaning like cap. How much of the cap do we use? Well, they spend to the cap every year. I think they're talking. They spend to the cap more than most teams every year. They do that all the time. So then, I'm really not sure what he's talking about. I mean, when we made that big free agency push, a lot of that was like, you know, we signed Hunter Henry to a three year deal and Johnny Smith to a four year, Jalen Mills and Dietrich Wise to four year deals. So a a lot of that was spread out over time. And Mm -hmm. but from Robert Kraft's perspective, a lot of that was given away as signing bonuses which comes out of his pocket immediately mm-hmm. so i i guess i'm wondering which which of those frames he's using to make that claim um yeah i don't I, you you can really only look at this this roster and say that they misspent at at different positions like how do you spend whatever it, i think salary wise we're spending about 40 million dollars at tight end and i don't know where we rank in terms of tight end production in the passing yeah, game you know it's funny you know, it's funny too. I hate to interrupt you there, but I see a lot of these mock drafts of us picking Michael Mayer from Notre Dame at 14, who is a stud tight end. And it's like, I love Notre I, Dame tight ends. Yeah. You can't go wrong. You know, you know what, you know. know what they're going to do. They're, they're physical. They're, they're, um, they're first downs. That's what they are. They're first down players. Um, yeah. Kyle Rudolph comes to mind. Kyle uh, Rudolph, Zach, Cole Komet, Tommy Tremble. 
Zach Eifert. Um, you know, oh they, god, they, Tyler Eifert was good. He was really good yeah. when he was healthy. Yeah. Um. Uh, so that's something. I mean, I would love that, but at the same time, like you have, you're gonna have three tight ends in the roster, and we always play eleven personnel now, you know. So it's like, does that fit on what we're doing? I don't think so, you know. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on before we get off here is the Patriots are scheduled to have their coaches coach the East West Shrine Bowl for college. And there was a there's one specific line here on Yahoo that I want to pull up, and it basically says that. The the coaches who get selected, and it, I thought it was by, like, assistant. They would, like, kind of, like, draft a team of coaches for this. But now it's Patriots, and they're saying that it's uh, based on teams that haven't had an offensive coordinator change or head coach change. The language of that is, is odd. It was reported by Adam Schefter, and I just wonder if that means that we aren't going to make any coordinator changes. It's it, The way it's worded is very suspect to me and I, I can't seem to find it right now of course um uh, that's yeah. weird yeah no offensive coordinator changes just based on you haven't named an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator in years mm-hmm. like, they just haven't named them that uh, right but some I also, of those guys are basically wearing those hats you're you're looking for like no changes right and that's what is puzzling to me about it and i have the i have the excerpt find it okay coaching at the triangle blah 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 Falcons and Patriots will be the two coaching staffs for this year's East-West Shrine Bowl with head coach and coordinating changes among non-playoff teams. With no head head coach and coordinator change, changes among non-playoff teams, the Falcons and Patriots best fit the criteria of coaching this year's Shrine Bowl. Does that okay. mean we so can't like, have changes? I, I just don't understand that wording. Know. You know, If they already announced it, then I'm, I'm sure that you could make changes at this point. But it's like... I'll, what is there? I think there's five head coaching vacancies at this point, and there there might be a couple more. Browns fired their defensive coordinator. There's been a couple coordinator changes already. Mm-hmm. I would expect the Lions to be on that list. I feel even though Ben, Johnson I think their is offensive, the coordinator offensive coordinator is gone. Yeah, I think their offensive coordinator is 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 being shopped around. I have heard definitely. that, um, and that's he's, a great. There's offense, a couple so. hot names, and he's definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, that'll be interesting to see Belichick coach that. I, I know the the Senior Bowl is typically coached by the two worst records. Well, I mean, even if you look at the Shrine Bowl, we draft a lot of players out of there every year. I mean, last year was Tyquan Thornton, uh, Jack Jones, Pierre Strong, Sam Roberts. It's four guys right there we drafted from the Shrine Bowl last year. So it's something though I, I I would say it's something to watch. That's February second in uh, Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Outstanding. So, Outstanding. Yeah. Good for they get to do that. Yeah, it's I mean, good stuff. it's nice to have to have that that off season bowl game or uh, you know that kind of all star game that's not limited to only senior. Yeah, so that, that's where you know what this Jack is. Jones. This is the best time of the season for me. Is like let's get better. How do we get better? You know, and I'm gonna start digging into this draft stuff and you know free agents and it's exciting. It's exciting because I think we weren't even close to where we want to be. Right, so let's go. That's true. Let's go. There you go. Maybe maybe that's the mantra for the offseason. So Let's go. that'll do it. That'll do it for us here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for listening. And we'll be back uh, next week with the full crew. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See you.